I am Sumit Gupta and this is Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams at work and life. This is a podcast for people who know deep inside that there is more. Have you achieved a great deal of success, but on the inside you still feel empty and like an imposter? Do other people see you as a strong leader and you wonder why it still feels so lonely and suffocating? The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. I dare to speak to the tremendous power which you already have rather than what you believe are your strengths and limitations. This podcast is called Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. And this is the Leadership Journey series. I am interviewing leaders with an interesting story to learn how they got where they are today. We all have a lot to learn from each other's stories of where we started, where we are now and our successes and struggles on the way. With this series of interviews, my attempt is to give leaders an opportunity to share their stories and for all of us to learn from their generous sharing. Limonas is the founder at Heavy Finance and a fintech entrepreneur. He is on the mission to scale a borderless marketplace where farmers meet investors using heavy machinery as collateral. In the interview, Limonas shares how he is building his 10th startup and how being bullied at school gave him the drive to succeed and prove others wrong. He also talks about his family and the importance of placing people first. He shares that business is only a reflection of the energy of its people. And he also talks about how he has learned to hire people smarter than himself and not try to do everything himself, which was limiting his growth at one point of time. Hi, Limonas. Welcome to the Choosing Leadership Podcast. Hi, Sumit. Thanks for having me here. It's wonderful to have you here. And to begin with, can you share a little bit about who you are and what do you do? My name is Limonas. I'm a serial entrepreneur, now running an incredible startup, Heavy Finance, where we focus on agricultural lending. And uh, yeah, so I'm serial entrepreneur. I think it's 10th startup I'm running now. Many of them failed. Uh, however, three really successful companies in the end. Wonderful. 10th. That's, I think, the maybe one of the highest number that I have met people. 10th. <laughs> yeah, I could see a few in your LinkedIn profile. Well, I'm very interested. Tell me your backstory. What started you on this journey of entrepreneurship? Uh, yeah. Actually, it happened very, absolutely by accident that I was in university still. Funny enough, we started a startup where we rented graduation gowns. We did that as a students and we managed to scale that different countries, thousands of students, which we had to serve in a few weeks, provided us first, a lot of cash. Second, a lot of lessons on logistics, marketing, and everything what, you know, what small details, but they become very important for my future career. So that's a funny story how I became a businessman. So each year we used to get a lot of money to invest and we kept on looking for ideas and we sailed them one by one. And so that's how the 10 startups uh, comes in place. Funny enough, we were always too early for the game. So we did something uh, similar to Bolt or these delivery companies in early 2008s, when first of all, not even delivery was, pizza wasn't arriving to your home. 
in Europe, we already did that. And then there was financial crisis. We failed in that one. Uh, we did other startups um, which failed, but uh, while you're actually failing, you're learning a lot. That's what created me as, a, as an entrepreneur, actually. A funny story in my first years of university. Wonderful, yeah. And if you were to take us back a little bit, even when you were growing up, was there any influence? Was there something which pulled you towards maybe not entrepreneurship, but more with charting your own path, with experimenting? Because in a way, that is what entrepreneurship is. I think that for my personal story, it comes a bit from, from school, that these are very, that environment is not always easy for young people. And I was bullied and that made, made me, I think, a bit angry on the world. So mm -hmm. I have to go and prove things that form me as a, as a personality. Uh, and I think that's, it, that still remains a very important piece of me. Yeah. And at the same time, now I, now that I'm speaking to you, right, it's like maybe less than five minutes. You have a smile, a very pleasant, very warm smile on your face. Tell me more about you. You talked about anger and how that pushed you to prove yourself to the world. How has that evolved over time? I really want to show that it's possible to seek for success while you're smiling, while you're good to people, while you're helping and don't be that douchebag businessman who is mean and really controlling things. I want to prove the other way of doing business that it's fun, it's, it's pleasant and it's doable even going that way. So I really work on it. I try to be as good at it as it gets. It's not easy on the finance world. I tell you, people, ex you know, they expect mean suit and tie guy. So I try to do things different. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know it, it's not easy always to open up, especially something which is so personal to you. But I appreciate that. And I think that requires courage and which is, which is so important when it comes to entrepreneurship and leadership of any kind. So I want to, before moving forward, I just want to acknowledge because that's very simple thing which you mentioned is not so trivial. Can you share about any key influences on you on this journey? Any people who have shaped you as a person and as a leader? I think family is important, but I'm not referring to my parents. It's more my wife, which we're like, I'm still young, but we're 16 years together. So she plays a major role in my life. She's as well an entrepreneur. So we're both successful business people in one family. So that's changes the environment as well. My kids, uh, I have to take care of them. And, uh, and friends, all the people around yourself is very important. I try to always surround myself with the good people help them and then time comes you can actually ask for help back so it's a, uh, that's and that's really played for me many times when you start a startup it's like you, you actually you can go to your friends which you did good and say look i do have a business and i need your help and i need now and they were they were there like with me when i needed them so this uh, doing good uh, is back Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love you. You talked about your family and you talked about people first rather than like all the everything which we normally talk about in business, because in the end, it's the people who make us we are or who make our companies as well. So I love that you put that in, in, in those order of priority. Yeah, people, business is just a reflection of our people and the energy people create. It's always people. It's never an idea, never a tech, always people behind the, behind these ideas and tech or whatever business do. 
That's a very insightful statement. And I'm wondering, is that something which you started with or which you have learned over a period of time? Yeah, when I started the business, I tried to do everything myself. I did marketing, I did sales, I did Excel, I did one-man show. But that limited my organizations from growing and from surrounding myself with the people smarter than I am. So at one day, it was a decision done that from now on, I'm not doing anything. Like I'm not touching Excel. I'm not touching any presentation. It's, I started inviting people who are smarter than me and give them space. And, and that's when I realized our organization grow. You have to find best talents, attract them and give them space to, to work. Yeah. I love how you say, right, I am not doing anything right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me more about this journey from being a one-man show, wanting to do everything, because I also know I've been an entrepreneur, so I know that uh, gives you a huge uh, dopamine rush. Like you, you feel in control, You, it satisfied your e ego also, and it takes a lot to ask for help. In fact, to surround yourself, as you said, with people smarter than you. So how has that journey been for you? It was, as I said, it was actually nice and I liked it and I enjoyed it, but it, it limited my organizations from growing and that was frustrating for me. I really wanted to understand how I can build bigger things than me. So that thing made me to start trusting people and that was very frustrating journey. When you know you're better at this thing, but you don't do that because you want others to first learn, do their mistakes and then become better than you. So Thursdays of this way of working was very tough for myself. But after some time, it really plays out well. I have more time. Um, I can rest. I can think. I can do many things. So sometimes I don't even open a laptop. I just go and talk with my friends and colleagues in the office. So Wonderful. this was a long journey, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah, thank you for sharing. So tell me, is there a common thread across the different companies that you have started or different ideas that come to you? Is it something which you deeply care about, which tends up becoming products or services that tends to form into companies or businesses? I'm in fintech. So I do that already 12 years. Payments, lending, different types of lending. I deeply am satisfied by traditional financial institutions, banks. I think they're slow. I think they're uh, not doing the job they are supposed to do. So that's the fight I'm fighting, being better than banks. But a part of that, it's again people. All these organizations which I had been leading is focused on people and the team. Mm. Surround yourself with big talents, with good people, and help them grow so they can start their own startups, do impact, and then spread this idea of having fun in business. Yeah. And can you share a little bit more about your current company and how did you came to this idea? Because even you, you have something related to agriculture here, which you don't normally like meet a lot of companies or startups in the doing something in the traditional agri agricultural space. So can you share how you bring that together with finance and lending? Yeah, I previously managed a company called Finby, which I successfully sold in late 2019. And then I just traveled with my dear friend who comes from agriculture and he started complaining that they cannot access finance. Small and medium European farmers, they cannot access finance, which was so counterintuitive to me. We people from cities, we think that 
the farmers receive their subsidies, they are financed, but that's not true. That was inside of my friend. And I said, let's get the trial, let's check the, check the species. Agriculture was never seen as a sexy business for many startups and fintechs don't actively target this sector, which is huge. By the way, agriculture is so huge, but there is so little interest from a traditional financial institutions, from techs. This small insight and be, being bold enough to go and give it a try creates a situation where we create agriculture and, and fintech work together. I'm super happy now to innovate on this long forgotten sector. And what's, what's your long-term vision that you, will, that you plan to change or create because of what you're doing now? Together with the team, we are working on a very interesting project where we want to pretty much incentivize and force farmers to switch to more sustainable ways of doing farming, which effectively result in carbon sequestration, like getting the carbon to the soil. And we made major steps to, towards that direction. And I think in 10 years from now, we will, we will make a, such a change where farmers not only provide us food, but at the same time, work as a storage of CO2 being removed from atmosphere and see carbon sequestrated in the soil. So that's what we do. That's major importance. We need to act now on, on, a, on a global warming. So we as a company, we don't speak much about it. We do a lot and uh, give us a few years and we'll show an example that by making money, you can actually do good. That's very interesting because, again, finance, you don't normally associate it with anything related to climate. And can you share a, more, a little bit more about that? How do these elements tie together, agriculture, climate, and the role, especially the role you play to say, right, 10 years down the line, how do you see this? So I need to explain a bit on the farming, otherwise we don't. We, we lose a background of sure, the story. Sure. Around 40 years ago, uh, scientists in agriculture or agronomists, they agreed on, a, on one thing that tilling the ground, plowing the ground, as we used to do 2,000 years to 3,000 years, is not needed. It's not wise to do. Mm. And a lot of farmers are already switching to that practice. United States, uh, Europe, probably we already switched to that. And farmers agree that it's more profitable way of doing farming for them. So large farms are already doing that. And, but however, the small ones, they don't have enough capital to switch to, to, to that way of farming. And what's interesting enough that if you don't plow the ground, if you don't go and plow the soil, soil itself absorbs carbon. So you don't need to do much, just do more efficient way of farming and carbon will be sequestrated naturally by plants. So what we as a financial institution, what game we want to play here, we want to get cheap European capital from rich people and send it to farmers who create us food. So they switch to this modern way of farming. At the same time, it will make a major role in the carbon removal. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that context with us. And what do you see are some of the biggest challenges as you move towards this, both for your organization, but also for yourself as a... As a... I'm really worried about global warming myself. The more I talk to the farmers, the more I understand that how important it is for them and that the soil it really reacts on global warming itself. And I'm worried that people don't take too much attention to this topic especially in the current situation where we have war, we have energy prices, but people forget that 
this still is a problem and it is a major problem. We have to act now. So it worries me as a leader. I want to share this one. I want to talk about it. I want to include others to act. Enough talking about it. It's time for act. Yeah. And earlier you said that you don't talk about this a lot, but now what you're describing, like there is a lot of weight in your voice. There is a lot of, like I can really feel you, like not just listen to you. What stops you from like maybe stepping up and playing even a bigger role in this space? Look, there are so many people who talked about it years and years. Sometimes it's better to lead by example. We will do that and maybe then we will spread the messages. Guys, there are simple ways to work on a large problems. Just think about it. People can fly to Mars, to the moon, and we can't figure out how to sequester carbon. Let's not just work on it. Let's just think about it and do and act. Yes. I love how you put do and act before talking about it. I think it's like we will prove something and then we will talk about it rather than talking about it first. So that's that's wonderful because it's a very like a very humbling skill or ability to have for a leader. Uh, right. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think yeah. humble is a real value and humble is important as well. Being humble and honest and nice, as I said in the elements of this podcast, that for me, that's values, which I have to say with myself in success and in failure. Yes. And this is so, so easy to ignore, to miss, uh, because normally we see speed with entrepreneurship. Normally we see the hustle culture and it's so easy to get all busy, get all like in, in the culture that you forget to care about people, to care, to be humble. I always say that leadership is a choice, but this is how the choice plays out in a day-to-day -day life that you, you can choose to be humble, even amidst everything else, which entrepreneurship or being in a business brings to it. So that brings me to the next question, especially that you are a serial entrepreneur and you said that you have failed many times. So there's a, always a lot of pressure. There's always challenges. Something surprising might come up. How do you deal with all of that pressure, all of that unexpectedness, which, which is a part of entrepreneurship? If that's ex expected, when you go to do business, you expect stressful situations. You expect things to change uh, super fast. So if you expect that, so why stress then? Hmm. Why would you stress? This is normal life of the startup. Things change so fast, so just don't stress about it. It's coming, so why stress then? So I tried not to stress. That's first thing, which is important. And the people asking me sometimes, do you advise to me to start the business? Look, I always advise people to, to stay in their comfort zones. Mm -hmm. People say, go out of your comfort zone and do, for example, business. No, stay, stay in your comfort zone. If your comfort zone is doing business, then go and do business. So for me, doing business is my comfort zone. I can't live with it. I, I it's just, I'm having fun. So that's a big portion of my life. And as long as I'm having fun, that's how, my, how many years I will stay in business. So that's my comfort zone. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And I love how you say that if it's expected and it doesn't have to, you don't have to be stressed about it. So in a way, you are taking control of your reaction to what is happening outside rather than saying, which is so common, which we hear so common that because of this, I am stressed or we are stressed. And do you have any particular practices or any habits that helps you stay that, keep that balance, keep that, keep having fun as well as taking care of everything which is coming up? from the business side? There is a very small exercise which I'm doing. I try to put things in perspective. 
just for example, with kids, my small kid is crying and you ask him, is it a large problem which had happened for you? Is that a very big problem? If the moment he gives a try to think about it, then even a kid understands, oh, it's actually average size of the problem. So that just relaxes you a bit. So that's how you really get stressed with that explosion happening in your startup, your business, something terrible happening. So of course I get stressed, but if that's a day problem or week problem, which you have, you just put it in a perspective and am I still a person who I am? Is this business failing? No. Is that very big problem? No, it's just a casual day in the office. So why stress? Thank you for sharing that. Coming back to you, you personally, is there something which people misunderstand about you? Yeah, I think a, a, a lot of times. People sometimes think that I'm too relaxed, too, too optimistic, but it's just me being myself and I work on it. I try to embrace it. Sometimes they expect more mean person, which I'm not, and I'm not planning to be. So they find it a bit young and so on, but experiences there, it's one way or another, it's almost 20 years of experience and still having fun. So people don't always get this one while they're still happy and smiling. I, lo I love that. I love how much confident and grounded you are in knowing who you are. And at the same time, when you face criticism or when you face some like, opinions or perspectives, you know how to stand up and what to count on. It's so easily, I see sometimes young people get overwhelmed just because of expectations from either their team members or from investors, from their ecosystem, their peers, without really thinking about, right, what am I good at? What do I really want to do? What boundaries do I want to create? So I see that like balance perspective in, in what you shared and to say that this is who I am and this doesn't make me weaker. Absolutely. That's what people should fight for. Listen to yourself, be yourself. People think that I need to understand how others think and mm. be as they want me to be. If your mindset is working like that, you become boring. Like you, you are not interested person. No one cares about you. And we try to fit in these brackets and then you lose your personality, you lose your chemistry, uh, character, it's, if you want outshine in this world, be yourself. Wonderful. Before we wrap up, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur or a leader of a company who is dealing with all of these uh, unexpected changes? Uh, even now, there is a, a, a huge downturn in the VC money coming in. There's a huge pressure from the VC to like either or let go of some people or to reduce your expenses. What advice would you give somebody who is new, who is feeling pressure from all sides to actually stand up to everybody, the people they care about, as well as the company, the business they're creating, and those relationships, which includes the VC relationship and other relationships in the ecosystem? I suggest keep building. Life didn't disappear. Nothing, there is no meteorite. The war is here. Energy prices are terrible. However, all that industry of VC people or whatever, they're still there. It's just a cool off period of some time. So just focus on building something meaningful, provide results for yourself, your team, and keep building. Just do your job. Raising money is one thing, but it's much more important than what you're actually building. Of course, the problem of not having money to pay salaries is the very... Very unfortunate one. I've been there many times. So if that's the case, then as well, think about 
which team members are needed to build to keep this company you're leading meaningful and you're meaningful while you're building. So just be humble and work hard on building. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of this, Limonas. Thank you for being you. And I think this is maybe one of the most humble or low energy interview that I have done, but in a very positive, in a very rich way. And I think you you showed up, right? I have I have people who show up on in the interview with certain expectations for the interview or how they want to be perceived. But I loved how you show up as just yourself. And then everything which has come out of your mouth has been a reflection of that. As you said, right, the business is a reflection of energy of the people. I think I'm going to quote you on that. But that's a wonderful statement. And I think you are reflecting that right now in this interview. So I want to express my gratitude for the last 30 minutes that we spoke for sharing your views. And just before we end it, is there any lasting advice for anybody? Or if somebody wants to reach out, know more about what you what you are up to, how can they reach out to you? How can they find out more about you? Absolutely. And, and who am I to advise people? But if you guys want to get in contact, find me on LinkedIn, Limonas Nareka. Be careful. There are two guys, entrepreneurs with such a name. Look for my face. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, let's get in contact. Let's talk. Let's share. Thank you for having me on this podcast. I hope it was interesting for your viewers and the readers. Thank you for having me here. Wonderful, Limonas. Once again, thank you. And I'm sure this will be very interesting for everybody because I think the central message is you can be a leader and still be yourself, still be very true to who you are. And I'm going to make sure that I put your LinkedIn profile in the show notes, the right one. I didn't know there were two of you, so I will make sure that I search for the right one and put that in the show notes so that nobody is confused. So thank you for your time and have a great day and have a great week ahead. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast and I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself, but also for those around you. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of. I say what might be uncomfortable for me to say or for you to hear, to show you that all our dreams which have been on hold are within our grasp. If you like the sound of it, do not forget to leave a rating. I invite you to subscribe to my newsletter at deployyourself.com slash newsletter. You can also reach out on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook to share any other comment or feedback. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality. And thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.